believe that our mind has created a lot of psychological defenses because we're the only species that knows we're going to die. And I think if we didn't have those barriers, we would go insane. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. You and I spoke, I don't know, back in March, April of last year, and I've been following you on Facebook, and I was in Cairo, and then you were in Cairo about a month later, I believe. I watched your TEDx talk uh, last year, and I just revisited it recently here, but I've been seeing some of the... uh, for lack of a better term, kind of human guinea pig uh, health things that you've been doing, which is, it's fascinating to me because there are a lot of physicians who wouldn't do that. Uh, At least the ones that I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably fair to say. Yeah, yeah. So the first question I always ask all my guests is, uh, what does the word freedom mean to you? Great question. And I knew you were going to ask this question, so I, I... I actually spent the last couple of days really thinking about it because it's such an important question. I, for, for me personally, I, I think it's you know multifaceted. But, but on a basic level, to me, freedom means being able to live life on your own terms. I think that's very true when you look at it from a gross level, whether it's um, in business, whether it's financially speaking. Um, having freedom on those levels uh, allows you to live life on your terms. But I think on a deeper level, uh, and this is where I'm spending a lot of my work now is on on the spiritual and and psych- on a, a psychological level. I think freedom on that level is as important, but we pay less attention to that. And and what I mean by that is is living a life in a sustainable way where you can live it on your terms, but also to be able to limit suffering and pain. Um, because you you know you can have financial freedom and and uh, freedom on on a, on a gross level, but if you are a slave to your mind or your emotions and your suffering, I don't really consider that freedom at that point. Right. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very complicated question with, with uh, uh, you know, a multifaceted answer, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you for that. And that's, um, it, it's interesting, you know, freedom from suffering. And I know you and I have both read uh, Jordan Peterson's books and yeah. he talks yeah. about how many people just, uh, they describe life as suffering. Uh, and it's kind of unclear whether he agrees with it or not. I think he just deals with it as it is. Um, but just, just to kind of bring us to this point, uh, you and I spoke, uh, kind of before we, we went online here about, we were both from, we both grew up in the suburbs of Chicago as, as everyone can see. And by the way, for those listening, of course, we live stream all these interviews in the freedom club community. So it, on Facebook. So if you're not a member of the group, go to Facebook, become a member of the group. But people here are watching and they can see that I have my Iowa stuff on. But I left the, the suburbs of Chicago, went to Iowa. You went to University of Missouri. Um, and then you were at, um, did you, you got your medical degree at Northwestern? I did, my, I did all of my specialty training at Northwestern. Okay. Got it. And that was in oncology, so I, I treat cancer patients. Got it, got it. And so, yeah, so oncology, a TEDx speaker, uh, and you picked up from the big city, yeah. and you moved to Dubuque. That's right. That's right. Now, what, what fueled that move? So, so um, while I was in the city uh, in Chicago, I, I had a daughter, and her grandparents actually lived in Dubuque. 
So, uh, so by chance, you know, there was an opening here. There was a, a physician here that owned a practice and he was leaving. Uh, and um, uh, he called me up and said, hey, you know, do you want to take over my practice? Uh, so it was a unique opportunity. It was an entrepreneurial opportunity, which I had no exposure to. So, so, we, took, so we took the lead, you know. Um, during, that, during that process, then I, I, I uh, started my business. I expanded it to a couple of different cities. You know, I also went through a divorce. So, you know, lots of, uh, lots of great uh, reward and growth. And then, you know, I had to go through some personal challenges, but you know, I, I love it here now. It's been a, it's, it's been a great uh, experience and I love, I love Iowa. The people here are really nice. <laughs> Yeah, if, if if people listening or watching have never been to Dubuque, um, you may have a, a something in your head that is much different than it is, but it's beautiful and it overlooks the Mississippi. Uh, there's some hills there, right? And yes. and the downtown area, um, we used to go to Galena and vacation in Galena and would come over to Dubuque. There's museums there, that Mississippi River Museum. I think there's like a water park down there. It's actually, it's actually a, a very beautiful town. Yeah, I love the landscape. A lot of rolling hills. Actually, uh, it was uh, nicknamed uh, the City of Seven Hills. Um, kind of like, which originally, I think, Rome was. Rome, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you you uh, kind of got that nickname, too, because of all the hills. So you, as you mentioned, you're an oncologist. Not that anyone likes cancer, <laughs> but uh, I, I particularly hate cancer. My, it took my father. We've had some people close to us that have fought through it. My wife actually uh, just had melanoma removed from her neck. Um, and so, and and to be perfectly honest, I live my life. I don't want to say in fear, but with thoughts of. I don't want to someday wake up and have it, <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I, I take steps to do that, which, which is why I'm so, uh, as I mentioned, fascinated by um, what you do and what you talk about, not just the oncology side, but that when we talk about freedom, I, um, and it's funny, I, I've changed so much. I used to work, uh, well, I was basically a lobbyist and I, I worked in DC and, and um, there's a story I tell people that just sums up one of the reasons I got out is uh, I worked for a, a, a group that was, um, well, it was an agribusiness. Let me just say that. I won't name the group. But I found myself in a meeting with a group of lobbyists who were basically divvying up who was going to write different pieces of the food pyramid, mm-hmm. which... I think they've done away with the food pyramid for whatever reason. Um, And I was always taught in school that the food pyramid was based upon science. And as I sat in this meeting, what I realized was, well, no, it's dependent on who's getting the most subsidies. They're going to push certain things that get massive subsidies, of course, dairy, Mm -hmm. grain, you know. And so, um, you know, you fast forward about 10 years ago, I was on Lipitor for eight years. I uh, was put on a drug because I was having uh, massive stomach pains, anxiety attacks. Now, some of that was work-related. <laughs> and I was overweight. So I'm 5'4", and at one point, I was 206, but like around 206, like not, you know. And one of the drugs that he put me on, um, I can't remember what it was, but he, he said, you have irritable bowel syndrome. I said, Okay, it, it, do, it doesn't feel like that, but something, you know, this drug drove me crazy. 
I mean, literally, um, what was it called? I can't remember. And my brother-in-law is a physician and said, oh yeah, in medical school, we used to say, uh, red is a, uh, mad as a header, dry as a, red as a beet, dry as a bone. Yeah. And I read it, I came across an article, uh, Tim Ferriss on Tim Ferriss's blog. It was a guest blog post by Rob Wolf, who mm. has written stuff on the paleo solution, the paleo diet. And yeah. he described all these symptoms. And I was like, Julie, my wife, this is me. And I went, it was actually a Thanksgiving weekend. I switched the next day. And so I haven't had grains in 10 years. I haven't had a beer in 10 years. I haven't had soda in 10 years. And it fundamentally changed my life. But when you talk about freedom, a lot of people would say, well, you're restricted. You, you, you're living in a prison, Kurt, because you can't eat all these wonderful things. I look at it differently and I see people as, you know, whether they complain about the high cost of prescription drugs, and then all they want to do is that easy button. You know, I think it's Staples has the easy button. Well, I want to, I'm going to take my Lipitor so that I can have the fried chicken and the grains and the whatever. And it's almost as if we're in a trap of, I think, conformity because people make you feel weird if you don't eat certain things. Yes. Um, but then also a, a never ending cycle of, well, it's like whack-a-mole. I took the drug to take care of the cholesterol, but now because I'm eating crappy, now I have chronic inflammation. Now I got to work about cancer and then my blood pressure's up. Yes. So as a physician, you save lives. Like you're, you're dying now. I want to treat you. I want to save your life now. But you also talk more about wellness and doing some things and testing and the carnivore diet, but, but doing some other things that are, you know, I've talked to some physicians who poo-pooed my diet or my lifestyle and what I do. How do you, I don't want to say reconcile the two, but when you deal with, with clients who, you know, reconciling the lifestyle and long-time wellness with, we have to treat, we have to save your life right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, great question. Uh, so, you know, you know I, I'm in a very technical um, field in medicine. I, I, I'm a radiation oncologist. So I use, you know, radiation therapy. So I'm, you know, uh, we have these machines. It's pretty cool. We, we, where we take, we have an electron gun in the machine. We accelerate those electrons towards the speed of light, smash them into a metal target, and that's how you get radiation. And then we pinpoint that radiation right into tumors, right? So, you know, in my day-to-day -day work, I'm, I'm very technical <clears throat> and regimented, and, and I follow the guidelines as to what I recommend my patients. What I, love, what I love about social media is that it's giving me a different platform where I can experiment and, and uh, dabble into things that may be uh, not deemed appropriate uh, in clinic. Uh, and, you know, there's, and there's various reasons for that. You know, there's malpractice, there's, you know, um, uh, you know, recommending things that don't necessarily have, uh, you know, randomized clinical data that that's scientifically uh, approved. So, I, so there's a good reason for that. Um, uh, but I think that's where social media has given me an outlet now to be able to, you know, dabble in, dabble in things that maybe haven't been necessarily proven for research. But unfortunately, especially when it comes to things like diet, it's very hard. You know, it's very hard, um, first of all, uh, to, to do a, a research study that's going to be high quality, costs a lot of money, and it takes a lot of time, right, before we can get that data out. 
And then you're talking about these uh, big agri companies that have all the money. Well, they're not going to be <laughs> supporting studies that may be uh, showing findings that's going to go against them. So it's it, it's a catch twenty two, right? And 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 um, so so what what I I think with the rise of social media, people are taking it into their own hands and they're putting out their results. And that's how I heard about the carnivore diet, for example. You know, I saw it on Joe Rogan. I heard Joe uh, uh, Peterson talk about it. Uh, and then, you know, I'm finding a whole other movement that's doing it. And they're, and they're you know, and they've been uh, talking about some pretty dramatic results. So, you know, for me, I don't write, like to recommend anything unless I try it first and, and see how it works. Um, but um, but I, hopefully that answers your question. You know, in, in clinic, I, I tend to uh, really follow, uh, you know, certain guidelines. But outside of clinic is really when I, 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 I dabble and become more of a human guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, um, it, it's, it's interesting. And I guess it's, it's, it's like anything, right? It's not just diet, but it's lifestyle overall yeah. that, you know, my, my wife and I, we homeschool our kids mm-hmm. and there are people who make it very tough from a, uh, not for us. Cause we, we generally don't care what people think, but we know other parents who got, ha- have had enough of the weird questions or, uh, passive aggressive questions about your kids are going to grow up weird and all that. And they can't take it. And it might be from parents, grandparents and other things, but it's yeah. also like, like, I'm 10 years in and I still get the same jokes about gluten or I still get the same, Oh, you're going on the paleontologist diet or something like that. So it's 10 years. I'd right? like to find that. Oh, he's so tough to shop for, you know, like we, what are we going to do when he comes over? And it's like, I eat meat and vegetables. Like it's not too hard. Um, but it's, I, 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 when you step out of bounds, the boundaries that society has set, Sometimes it gets tough, um, whether it's, you know, oh, you're a man, have a beer. You know, what, what, you're not a real man if you have a beer. It's like, okay, I'll have that beer and I'll be at urgent care because I'll be writhing on the floor in pain. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Um, yeah, people take food very personally. And um, especially for me, as I've kind of gone on this carnivore thing now, um, you know, there's a lot of animal lovers and... Uh, oh, sure vegans and vegetarians who are very passionate about um about what they believe in this so um and also you know i, I was raised my parents were hindu you know mm. so, uh, <clears throat> most hindus are vegetarian so uh, and and they believe in not, you know nonviolence and um uh, every animal is sacred so, so here i am eating you know beef every day uh it, i really probably couldn't cross the boundary any further than what I'm doing right now, you know? So, uh, so that's, that's been interesting. Um, let's, let's talk about the carnivore diet because I I've been following you and your results. Um, which now I think you're, you're done with the 30 days, but now you might do a modified version, but you've taken blood tests along the way. You shared, uh, the video of, uh, which I watched the whole thing. Um, although I, I, I tend to, binge late night binge sometimes on Jordan Peterson videos anyways, but the Joe Rogan interview with, um, and if anyone has read 12 rules for life, which is Peterson's book, he talks about his daughter and the rheumatoid arthritis she's had since she was born. Right. And going on the carnivore diet had, 
incredible results for her. And even for him, his gingivitis is gone, depression and those things. So tell us a little bit about your results on your 30-day test. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to put too much credit on my lab values yet because, you know, I, I think it takes time to really um, uh, see the full effects, you know, and, and I don't think I've been on long enough. But uh, I, I, did t- I did do the, the labs about three weeks in and, and uh, you know, my blood sugar, like, uh, kidney function, liver function, cholesterol, they all look fine. You know, so that was that was very encouraging because I was worried my cholesterol would be sky high, and that's that's what everyone, even all my physician friends, were like, "Oh, your cholesterol is going to be, you know, effed up, right?" Yeah, uh, but, 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 but everything everything looked, everything looked fine, so that, that that's encouraging. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you what my impressions have been. No, number one, um, because of because uh, you know when you're eating a carnivore diet, diet you're having such nutrient dense food that is also tends to be high in fat content as well, but uh, very, very low carb or zero carb, um, I, I would get pretty full pretty fast, you know? So, so there, there were, uh, you know, many, many days where I would eat j- just eat one meal, right? Uh, one big meal at night. Uh, and then I would be full like for breakfast and, and then I would start getting hungry at lunch, but because I was so busy in clinic, I would just wait. Um, so, uh, so the, the, there's tremendous benefit in that. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen my fasting series, but, um, you know, I did a seven day fast before, um, uh, and I just water, to- just water and coffee or <laughs> water, coffee, tea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, and, and, and some bone broth. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. So, um, but, but there's, there's, you know, there's constantly research coming out demonstrating the value of fasting. Okay. And, and, and prolonged fasting, seven day versus intermittent fasting, they both have different benefits, but intermittent fasting is great. Um, so, um, uh, and in fact, from what I'm hearing, it's actually going to be recommended um, by several medical societies now as, as, as standard for good health. So, uh, so the carnivore diet by D, you know, probably by, you know, I don't know if it was, it was an accidental benefit because that wasn't something I was thinking of as, as a benefit, but the intermittent fasting has been great. Um, as I've been kind of doing research into, uh, other cultures that maybe do something similar, you know, you, you have the Inuit uh, tribe, you have some, uh, some of the Eskimos that primarily live on, um, high protein, low carb or zero carb diets, you know, um, I mean, they, 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 uh, were healthy into old age, you know, uh, they didn't suffer from chronic diseases like cancer and, and, and things like that and diabetes. So, so that, that was encouraging. Um, the, the other thing though, as, as I've been reading is that a lot of these tribes, um, they tend to have a pretty limited selection on the type of food they eat. So they tend to eat kind of the same, you know, you can view it as monotonous, but the same type of foods pretty regularly. You know, if you look at our society now, we have a tremendous variety of foods and, and we often deem that as a, a great meal when we try something exotic and different than the other meal, right? Well, it, it may turn out that that's not good for you. Uh, but that may be a culprit into weight gain and digestive issues. Um, 
So, um, and actually Tim Ferriss talks about this in his, you know, in, in, in his book, you know, to try to keep your, your diet pretty limited in variation. So again, another accidental benefit probably that I didn't think about for the carnivore diet, but it's been a pretty monotonous diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's probably reaped some benefits, you know? So the intermittent fasting, the limited variation in, in the food you eat, you know, and then of course, you know, I cut out all processed foods, which I think really is a huge culprit in, 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 in a lot of our chronic diseases, especially, especially diabetes, you know, and, and, uh, and even cancer, there's so many links to cancer and processed foods, you know? Um, so, um, I mean, those three things right there are fantastic benefits. Now, I don't think you need to go on a carnivore diet to get those benefits, you know? And, and so that's why, you know, I, I'm not promoting it yet. Uh, I need to stay on it a little bit longer term and 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 really see if it's uniquely different uh, that way. I think you can be a vegetarian and probably get a lot of similar benefits if you implement intermittent fasting, uh, cut out the variation, uh, yeah. uh, variation, and uh, cut out processed foods. You know, so so um, so that that's been kind of my observation so far. It's interesting that. Um you know, with paleo, sometimes it's kind of, it can get monotonous. Um, it's less monotonous than people think it is. We do a lot of crock pot meals. Uh, people think, oh, how, how can you do that? It's so tough. Carrots, you go, we go to Trader Joe's and get like an organic or grass-fed roast. You throw it in there, water, you turn it on and you leave. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that easy. Um, and so I'm going, because I'm a nerd on this stuff, I'm going to get uh, my health coach certification as well because I want to start building in health. And, but I'm doing it through the primal health. I don't know if you know Mark Sisson. He does Mark's Daily Apple. And, and so I've been immersed over the last two weeks as I go through the program in um, thing, you know, insulin, high carb, you know, uh, the processed foods and uh, cortisol, which I've always known I can sense when... I'm so in tune now. I can sense when I'm inflamed, uh, when sleep patterns raise my cortisol. I can tell my left arm, I can't even close my hand. And so I know I got to, and sometimes it's, I'm eating well, but I didn't get sleep or I've done a little too much chronic exercise, you know, those types of things. But I, uh, two years ago, I went to the, so we, we do life insurance. So we have life insurance. And so every couple of years we get a new, type of, you know, the nurse comes to take the, the blood, uh, the blood, which is always, I, at one point, 10 years ago, passed out when they took my blood. And so now it's in my head. So it's a big comedy routine. Is daddy going to pass out on the living room floor? You know, but they measure, you, you talk about cholesterol and the concern about cholesterol in the carnivore diet. And so my, my, I used to have very like over 300 when I was in college and, and went, so mine was higher. Uh, and so I couldn't qualify for a certain rate on the life insurance, whatever, however that went. So I made a, um, a, uh, an appointment physician and I said, you know, can you just look at these results? Am I okay? Like I'm nervous about cancer, about whatever. And he's like, he said that I had the best good to bad. I'm probably putting this very badly, good to bad ratio of cholesterol. So the HDL, LDL that he's ever seen in a male my age. And he said, what do you do? And I said, I eat bacon four times a week. I have steak three or four times a week. And he's like, but you'd have no processed foods. You have no, I said, right, because I'm paleo. And he said, keep doing it. Is there going to be at, at any point a 
I mean, you talked about intermittent fasting and how some medical societies are going to come out and they're, they're going to pr- promote it or, or embrace it yeah. from a cholesterol point of view. And I think I've seen some things recently about it, relooking at cholesterol in terms of instead of a blanket cholesterol bad and more of a discussion of, of good to bad. And, and <laughs> it, it, it is, it, you, you, yeah, you bring up a great point because those numbers by themselves don't mean a whole lot. It really is about ratios, you know, the triglyceride, the HDL ratio, the LDL, the HDL ratio. So the, those are much bigger predictors on whether or not you're at risk for heart disease or, you know, coronary artery disease, uh, atherosclerosis down the road. So, um, yeah, so you I mean you can have a, a high LDL, but if your HDL is also high, um, you, you know, so you have to look at the whole picture. Um, don't let one number scare you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My, my LDL actually on my test, when I took my test was slightly high. I think 130 is a high, high range and mine was 131, but my triglycerides were low and my HDLs were in the normal range. And when you took the whole ratio, it was actually in the ideal range. So that's what you kind of have to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it's entirely fascinating. Hey, what's up, fellow freedom fighters? Listen, are you in operations in the C-suite and human resources? Hell, are you anyone who's interested in building a team of superheroes? Well, guess what? I got a treat for you. We launched my latest podcast. It's called Team of Superheroes. We talk about employee engagement. We talk about leadership. You know what? Instead of putting warm butts in seats and trying to engage them podcast teaches you how and empowers you to empower your individual team members to unleash their unique superpowers to achieve key outcomes. They're more fulfilled, which means they're more engaged, which means they're more productive, which means they and you are more profitable. Go and check out the Team of Superheroes podcast here on iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you over there. So back on the freedom, uh, you know, theme real quick, it's, uh, we were, we were even talking last night about, um, someone was telling a story about something. We had a little new year's Eve get together and, and how someone had passed away at 62 and he was in great shape. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. And the discussion invariably turns to, well, it was in his genes. It was, it was destined to happen. And thinking about freedom in those terms, well, then I'm destined to get cancer because my father got cancer. My grandfather had cancer, you know, and what do you, what do you say to people, especially if they're in their thirties or forties, like, are you a prisoner of your familial genes or can you actually start for lack of a better term, turning some on and off through your lifestyle? And what's the best way to do that? It's a great question. Um, you know, we're still, I, I think the answer to that is still being examined, you know, um, certainly there are some, some, uh, genes that will predispose you to cancer. Um, and you know, there are, there are technologies coming out now, like, um, like CRISPR, for example, I'm not sure if you've, yeah, yeah. That could potentially turn on and off or slice off. Uh, uh, genes that may not be serving you in, in the best way, right? Mm-hmm. But if you take like breast cancer, breast cancer for example, you know there there are two genes. Uh, one is called BRCA1 and BRCA2, and, and if you have that, 
you're at a much, much higher risk of getting breast cancer. And that's why, you know, if your grandmother and your mother had breast cancer, you know, um, they recommend you getting tested for breast cancer too, if you're a woman. So, so some things are at this point, at least unavoidable. So what you do then is, is then you, you know, you, you do the preventive measures, for example, for a woman, it would be to remove her breasts so that right. just because she's at such a high risk of getting it. But that being said, you know, I do think that modifying, you know, environmental uh, factors can, can certainly at least not increase that risk further. Uh, because, you know, I would hate to say that you have absolutely no control or no freedom in this, you know. But I, but I think over time, you know, we're, I mean, all the, all the money now is, is in medicine is going into personalized medicine, right? And, and, and really looking at the genetic level. There's so many tests coming out um, all the time that, that are um, allowing us to better detect diseases on a genetic level, on a personalized level. So we will get, we will continue to get better at this. Um, but, but for right now, you know, I, I think if you do have a genetic predisposition, I mean, there is a risk. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. A risk and and um, you just have to be that much more careful. With, with everything, right? Your lifestyle, your, uh, to, to do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. In your TEDx talk, you go beyond, uh, uh, and it's just like you're talking about. It. There's, there's, there's clinic Bobby, and then there's social media Bobby, right? And so you you do talk about there's there's some science, but then you get into um, you know when you have cancer patients, um, the importance of relationships and the importance of having those bonds with people around you. And I don't know if you followed. Uh, 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 I forget his name, but it's the Blue Zones uh, yeah. kind of movement. And, you know, he talks about those seven areas. And one of them is a strong sense of community. These places where they all meet in the town square for coffee at night or whatever. Uh, You know, they walk to their neighbors. They they do all these things. What, um, I guess, what spurred you to include that in there, uh, in that TEDx talk? And is that something when you're going through with a patient, do you have those discussions with the patient or, or not as much? I, I do as much as I, as much as I can. I mean, you know, I, I try to assess where that patient's at in, in their life, you know, and, and, and fortunately a lot of my patients, you know, they, they live in uh, farming communities out here and, and they have a strong sense of family, you know? So I, I see a lot of times, a lot of my patients come with their spouses, their, their kids, um, and, and it's refreshing to see that, but that's not always the case, you know, and, and, and in those situations, I really try to assess what their support system is, you know, but, but, but going back to that, you know, when, when we were talking about freedom um, on a gross level and then on an emotional level, um, you know, we, I mean, here, here's the thing. We, there's, there's a lot of things that we don't, we have, we have no control. We have no control over uh, who our parents were, where we were born. We have, we have no control over um, time because we can't stop it. It is always going. And we have no control over um, the fact that we're going to die, right? So so uh, I believe that our mind has created a lot of psychological defenses um, to deal with that because we're the only species that knows we're going to die. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And I think if we didn't have those barriers, we would go insane. <laughs> right. Sure. You know, um, uh, so, but, but the problem is, is that those, those things that were built up to protect us also cause us some pathology. Right. And, 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 um, and if we don't face them directly, um, uh, you could have a life of suffering, which is a, a lot of the message that Carl Jung talked about, um, which uh, Jordan Peterson talks about now. Um, and, and even during my TEDx talk, you know, it, uh, what I kind of hinted at is that one of the biggest ways to get past that is to have a life of meaning. You know, you know one of the best ways to deal with the fact that we're all going to die is to bring some meaning into that. Otherwise, life is, you know, it's, it's futile. It's, it's hopeless. I think one of the best ways to get a life of meaning, though, is to invest in relationships. And, and there's, a, there's this fascinating study, um, and there's actually a TED Talk on this by one of the researchers from Harvard. They yes. did a, yeah. a study, I believe it was a 70-year study, and they looked at various factors, you know, uh, multiple different demographic groups, um, and, and um, you know, they stratified wealth and career and all those things. And, and the, the one factor that determined happiness and quality of life was relationships, the quality of relationships. So can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, it's, uh, and I think, I think that study is actually still going on. Um, and at the beginning when they asked the youngsters, right, because they were Harvard grads that they tracked from the, uh, when they first started out, they said, yeah, the, the, the meaning in my life is going to be determined by title status. And it turned out to be none of those things. And as a coach, you know, I talk to people every week who come to me and they're, they're making good money. They have a business, they have a wife and kids and they can't verbalize what's wrong, but they don't have that sense of freedom that they need. And I start taking it off. Well, is your health and fitness excellent? No. I'm overweight. I haven't exercised and whatever. How are, are your relationships excellent? No, I don't see my wife and kids. You know, and you take it down. They're making great money. And people, there's some people who will, who will just fight with me. No, you got to grind. You got to grind. You got to grind. And there's a difference between hard work and grinding. And they are going to come to that realization that they, many of them do. And that's why they're calling me that they don't have that meaning. And it's cascading down to their health, to their, I was a perfect example where my mental and my physical health, I mean, I, I was just chronically inflamed yeah. and I made some diet changes, that, but that didn't do it. I needed to make wholesale lifestyle changes. And I see people now, it, it, it frustrates me, you know, on one end, like the technology we have for pharmaceuticals is just unbelievable and life-saving and everything. On the other hand, I know people who are chronically just taking uh, drugs mm -hmm. for uh, what I, mindset, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term, and they're on it constantly and they haven't fixed what's festering underneath it. Yeah. And they don't even want to hear about that because I'm taking the drug and I'm fine. I'm miserable. I hate my job. My relationships are bad. And while that one drug is helping them battle, I guess, depression or down days or, you know, um, I guess it, those other risks when they fester, is that, 
that's got to be an increased cancer risk, right? <laughs> At some level. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, the, the, the issue with medication is that, you know, they have their benefits, but then they also have their, they all have side effects, right? I don't know any, a single medication that doesn't have side effects. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, but going back to, you know, what you're saying, I, I, I think that, you know, we all have to go through uh, these stages of development, you know, if someone doesn't have a roof over their head, if someone doesn't have food, they're not going to be worrying about having, finding meaning in their life, right? They have to get that first. And I think it sounds like me and you, for the first half of our lives, we were, you know, running around, you know, just trying to get uh, established uh, financially in our career. Um, and then once you once you get to a place where you feel that you have that type of freedom, well, that's when all the other crap that you deferred starts coming and catching up with you, right? And and and, that, and, that, and that's why for me, uh, because I feel that I I'm in, a great, I'm in a good place in my career and I've developed some freedom. I'm, I, I'm a, I own my own business. Um, so all those other demons though that I that I delayed and deferred, you know, caught up to me then. And and that's why I'm putting so much of my work into that now. You know, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, you have to go through that. I. I I'll see 20 year olds or even, you know, 25, 30, and they'll post things about, you know, um, one, one crushed me and because I went through this where he was with his father getting treatment for cancer and he had the laptop open. He's like still hustling and you could see his dad in the bed and I don't have ill will toward that. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, cause I, it brought up memories of me having my laptop open when my dad was going through treatment. And like you said, you have to go through those stages of development. And so if you're 20 or 30, it's like, all right, you'll get there. You'll find it out. I just hope you don't find out too, you know, too yeah. late. 35 instead of 50, because people come 55 right. and they're, they're, they're miserable and, and still, still going through those levels of, of development. Right. Um, one question, and then we're getting some questions from people in the group, intermittent fasting. So I've, I did it for about a year. Uh, and then I, I took a month off. This was two months ago to do the Tim Ferriss 30 grams of protein in the first 30 minutes of waking up. Okay. And it was interesting. I, I almost felt like my body had gotten used to the intermittent fasting. And yeah. so I was like, I'm going to shock it. And so for that month, it was interesting how everything plumbing started flowing better all of a sudden. It just, you know, but then I went back to intermittent fasting in December and it was almost as if it, it, it was as if I had taken, I don't know, some sort of illicit performance enhancing drug where all of a sudden my workouts were like my shirts weren't fitting, like in a good way, you, yeah. you know, and it, it was crazy. Does the body get used to things like that and then just says, well, the intermittent fasting worked for a year, but now we're used to it. And so forget it. Or is that just my imagination? <laughs> Well, certainly, certainly your body develops uh, a tolerance to things. And, and, and that's why I think shocking it occasionally is not a bad idea, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, well, what I love about intermittent fasting is that, you know, your, your body needs time to, to recover. Um, and it needs time to, um, I want to say, eliminate the toxins and uh, just the, the, the buildup that, you know, your body goes through every, every day, right? So. So I think the longer you can prolong that um, intermittent fasting, 
the better, you know? Um, so I, I, I try to, you know, uh, have at least 13 hours, 14 hours between each meal. Yeah. Uh, obviously that's not always doable, but as much as I can, I, I, I do. And, and there's this great book called the fast diet. And, um, and that was written by a physician and, and, um, you know, he was overweight. I believe he had diabetes, hypercholesterol. He was taking Lipitor, he's taking all his medications. And, and once he started doing the intermittent fasting, he got off all of his medications. Wow. All of his lab values normalized. So I, I, I think it's, it's powerful. Don Wetrick. I don't know if you know Don, but, uh, so Don asks any interest into the gut biome research? Yes. There's actually some companies now, um, and one of them uh, is called Biome, um, that actually will uh, will men- will uh, test your your. You'll have to mail in like a stool sample, and they'll and they'll actually look at the the the, bi- the microbiome that you have individually, and based on that, based on the types of microorganisms that are in your gut, they will recommend a personalized diet for you. Um, they will be able to assess what types of foods you're sensitive in, your sense, you know, you have sensitivity to what types of foods you don't have sensitivity to. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into, I'm looking into the, those kinds of tests right now. Um, I just haven't talked about it yet because I want to, you know, yeah. uh, really, uh, check it out. But I, I think that, that, you know, that there could be a future in that. Interesting. Yeah. I've talked about, it, it was funny because, um, it, I, I saw your, your posts about the carnivore diet. I watched the Jordan Peterson thing, which if you haven't Google it and it's really quite amazing. And I mean, his daughter, and if you read 12 rules for life, you know, that the saga she's been through, I think she had a hip replacement, mm-hmm. but like 10 years old or something like that. Right. Or 12 years old and depression and didn't want to live. And he said he had depression as well. And gingivitis clearing up. Um, it, it's, it really is amazing. What, what's, what's, yeah, what I, what I found fascinating, again, another, um, you know, I want to say accidental <laughs> finding something I wasn't expecting is the, uh, the, the, the mental, uh, you know, um, changes or, you know, how it can affect your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and being, you know, growing up Hindu, you know, um, the, the ancient uh, form of medicine in India is, is called Ayurveda. And Ayurveda is actually becoming quite popular now because yoga has... Um, you know, really exploded in this country. And, and, and Ayurveda is a sister of yoga, right? So, um, so it's becoming very trendy and people are talking about it. But in Ayurveda, they talk about um, very extensively how food can affect your mind, right? Um, and there's three types of food groups. There's, uh, there's sattvic, rajasic, and uh, tamasic. So... Um, Sophic foods tend to be more vegetarian, greens, and, and you know, a lot of people um, will proclaim that if you really want to have good mental clarity um, and, and a good spiritual mind, that's the type of food you want. You want more of a sophic type of diet. Fresh meat tends to be more of a, a rajasic type of uh, diet, and, and actually what the Ayurvedic text says is that it could actually make your mind more, um, I want to say agitated, mm. but it's, but it's fine for a more active lifestyle, uh, more entrepreneurial lifestyle. Uh, but I think this is where a lot of people misinterpret it because, um, 
the, the, the vegetarian type of diet was, was utilized more so by yogis and Brahmins and, and priests. So I'm none of those. So I, I'm okay not having part, that particular type of diet. But I, I haven't experienced the agitated mind with, with being a carnivore. In fact, I would say that my mind's become a lot more quiet. Um, so, so it's interesting. You know, I, I need to be on it a little bit longer to really see the effects. But Jordan Peterson definitely talks about his depression going away. And, and, I, and I've seen a lot of other people who have had depression or ADHD um, have those symptoms get resolved by the this diet. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. I, I, I had noticed in December, I feel, so I do the 16-8 intermittent mm-hmm. fasting where I eat everything within the eight hours. I fast for 16. And I've been doing it for so long now, the 16, it doesn't even feel like I'm fasting anymore. And so I push it. So I I did a couple 23-hour fasts, which is nothing like the seven-day. But the first one that I did of 23 hours, I felt I had a couple just pain-in-the-ass things happen that day that normally would have flipped me out. I just felt very calm and it was, it was real interesting. And then I think I, I cheated a little bit or, or I had, a, and then the next day I did it and, and it, you know, it became tougher to do the fasting. <laughs> if I, if I went, like we went on a date night and I, I had a little dessert or something like that. Um, but it, it, it really, that inter, the, the intermittent fasting, and I know a lot of people are doing it now just from, like you said, and, and we talked about the carnivore diet with, with the mindset, it just, it really helps. And I can tell like I said, the inflammation when it starts to happen. And um, so, yeah. So, so the only thing I'm still wrestling with is that in the ancient, you know, in the ancient texts in Ayurveda, they say that when you have a, a meat diet, it makes your mind dull. So what I'm trying to tease through is that, is my mind getting dull or is it as sharp, but just more calm? And it's, it's a, it is a clear distinction between those two. Um, but I haven't been on it long enough to be able to, to know yet. And again, going back to Jordan Peterson, he hasn't had that experience. He says he's as sharp as ever. Yeah. So, you know, but then he may be just a mutant and, you know, I don't necessarily want to use him because he's brilliant. Um, I, I would, I would, um, need to be honest a little longer to find out, but you know, I never discount, uh, traditions like Ayurveda because they've been around for a thousand, you know, thousands of years. And, and um, obviously, if something's still existing after that time, it, there's something about it that works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bobby, is, if we had to sum up for people listening, three points in terms of not just health, but we've talked about, we've talked about lifestyle changes, living a life of meaning, relationships, um, and people listening want to live a lifestyle not just of freedom writ large, but also one in which they feel good. Maybe their genes say one thing, but they want to live a lifestyle that fights back and throws some elbows against their genes, you know? What would you tell them? Well, don't worry about the things you can't control. You know, put your energy and time into the things you can control. Um, Don't view you know, life as limited if you're limiting options. Because I love uh, Jocko Willink's uh, quote where he says, discipline is freedom. You know, um, yeah. sometimes limiting things gives you more freedom in the end. 
you know. Um, and and um, again, going back to you know, um, limit you know, living a life that limits suffering. I think there there's multiple things to that. You know, number one, um, find you know, live a life that has meaning. Um, you know, invest in relationships, invest in yourself, and and figure out a, a figure out a way to um, you know deal with your mind in a way where you're not a slave because ultimately uh, that's that's going to serve you the best you know when it comes to uh, uh, a sustainable way of living free <laughs>